What if I tell you that having a baby could be easy? How can you have your beautiful, positive, unmedicated, and natural birth so that you can step into your conscious motherhood? Hello, my name is Vivi. I am a midwife, a birth coach, and I am a early motherhood coach. And I'm here to show you how birth can be easy. You know why? You're never going to forget that day. And you want it to be the best day of your life. Tune in while we'll dive in on how you can have your positive birth and you can have a positive motherhood. Happy listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my beautiful podcast. It's always me, Bibi, your holistic midwife. And today I am joined by a special guest, Elsie from <laughs> uh, Birthing at Home podcast. Hello, Elsie, welcome. Thank you so much, Bibi. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I am so excited to having you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elsie, um, just introduce yourself to all our listening. Yeah. Um, my name's Elsie. I am, I guess, primarily a mom of two little boys um, who are three and a half and six months today. Uh, and secondly of all, I am a mental health nurse. Um, I'm an ex-student midwife. I guess I got out of the system before when I saw the red flags. Um, I live in Melbourne. Um I have an amazing husband called Kuhn, who's from the Netherlands. Um, yeah, I think that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, that is so, so amazing. So I think in this episode, we just want to navigate because you say you had two home births, which means yeah. your first baby was actually a home birth, which yeah. is not... Uh, common I would say a lot of yeah. time like I find myself talking to women that they come into home birth after all the drama yeah <laughs> so it's very uncommon for someone to actually have had as a first time mother a home birth so yeah let's just go through that journey from the yeah. beginning let us from know. the beginning from <laughs> the beginning yeah. um so if we're going right back to the beginning so I grew up in a rural um town in New South Wales um thinking about it I probably never knew what home birth was but uh I knew what nursing was and everybody said Elsie you'd be a good nurse so when I was looking at university degrees I saw that there was um nursing and midwifery and I was like huh what is midwifery and then it's like oh delivering babies who doesn't want to deliver babies <laughs> Um, so I honestly didn't really know much about it. I just thought I was going to the University of the Sunshine Coast um, to learn how to deliver babies. And <laughs> I enough, guess isn't it? <laughs> that's, uh, that's how my entire my entire world changed. Um, I had amazing uh, lecturers and tutors um, like Rachel Reed. Um, I met Sarah Wickham, um, like I had all of these amazing exposures to such uh, role models, I guess, in the midwifery world. But then we'd go on placements to the hospital and there'll be induction, um, C-sections, like VEs galore, um, like just pr like 
you saw the the cascade of intervention like so clearly and it just felt so wrong we were actually not allowed to attend home births um at least then um you know one of my follow-through women she had like an accidental home birth which now I'm like I think she always knew she was home birthing <laughs> It's um, always like that. We all yeah. say, oh, it was an accident. Accident. Uh, yeah. Sure. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now that I've also had myself uh, home births, I'm like, uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like putting it all together. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I uh, so it was four years, um, the dual degree, and I did three years of midwifery, and I just didn't do my final um placement it was just I burnt myself out essentially um I really struggled with how the system was and how I felt and I honestly couldn't picture how I would fit myself into the system you know um like I would have loved to be a private midwife and do and do like home birth or like um you know more independent kind of midwifery but yeah I think it's probably gotten worse since um, you know, X amount of years ago, um, you know, you could, there wasn't like a direct pathway into that. You had to, you know, go and spend X amount of time in the hospital. You had to do a midwifery grad program in the hospital. Um, so I didn't. And I guess I just accepted that I'd spent a th- thousands and thousands of dollars on this very expensive antenatal <laughs> course, essentially. Um, and yeah, then I, um chose to get pregnant in 2019 um and I had my first son Murphy at home in 2020 so when Um, you were when you got pregnant the first time were you already a nurse or were you studying yeah I was still a nurse I was a nurse yeah so we moved to um Melbourne in 2018 um and yeah, I worked in a GP practice then. So I wasn't a mental health nurse yet. I would just worked in a GP practice. Um, and I remember I um, found out I was pregnant um, and like I had a couple of friends and we like did blood tests on ourselves or like uh, each other all the time, you know, and I got like a friend to do my blood test because I was like, oh, I think I'm pregnant. And um, I didn't actually think about where the results were going to go. And so one day, one of the GPs who, you know, I work with pulled me into his office and he's like, well, um, you're pregnant. And I was like, oh, I could have died of embarrassment. Um, and he was really nice. And yeah, that he said, oh, like, um, do you want me to write a referral for you? And I, I had already known, like, I would be choosing a pri- like a private midwife. Wherever I would birth, I would be choosing a private midwife. I didn't know what options there were. I didn't know anything, what was available in Melbourne. Um, and I said, no, like, um, this is this is what I'm going to do. And like, he didn't, yeah, he respected that, I guess. I mean, we were colli- colleagues as well. So, yeah, you know. Um, and, yeah, I guess it was really exciting. I was sick, um, as many women are um, in the beginning, going to work was like a bit tough you know being sick but we all encounter that um I guess and yeah I had a fantastic midwife yeah so Um, you chose uh, did you choose straight away a midwife did you go through some midwife in Melbourne 
Yeah, I, I went through um, like a private midwifery business in um, Melbourne and I think, yeah, they allocated a midwife based on like my location and we yeah, connected yeah. really, really well. Um, like going to see her was just like basically like hanging out with a friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which was really nice. Um, but like it was all fine until the gestational diabetes test. And I had Oh, you thought, did it. <laughs> yeah. So I had thought you can say no. I'll just decline. It's fine. Yeah. I yeah. I don't want it. I I don't need it. I don't want it. I'll sign whatever. And yeah. um the business like the the group of midwife business thing was um like, oh well you can't home birth if you don't do it. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> why? Oh, they have hospital right, was it? Yeah, they have admitting yeah. rights. You know, yeah. I was just discussing with uh, a friend of mine that she's a midwife. Yeah. We just recorded a podcast and we were like, okay, we need to really be clear to women that having a private midwife, it really depends from private midwife to private midwife. Because when you yeah. have a private midwife with hospital rights, that is when you pretty yeah. much, you are like trapped into a scam, you know? Yeah. Because that is what happened to me as well. And I didn't know. And I feel like yeah. not enough women know that uh, yeah. it's not the same thing. Like, oh, just get a private midwife. No, 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 no. There is questions that you actually need to ask. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll yeah. be trapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought that I, I knew like quite a bit. But that shocked me having to put that fight up, um, you know, and I eventually caved and because I wanted my home birth. Yeah. So <laughs> um, were you positive to the gestational diabetes? Did you do no, it? So, so I, I did it. It was horrible. I mean, you do a lot of horrible things in life, but I just like it. I fundamentally disagreed with what they were making me do. That's like, I um, feel like he's intoxicating women with sugar. <laughs> yeah I hated it so so much um yeah I think I've re referred to it as like um yeah drinking all of this alcohol and then being like on a test on how quick your body can process <laughs> that alcohol like yeah, nobody's doing that that's it's so terrible stupid. isn't it it's just what terrible. a stupid test um anyway but I was trying to look um for my results the other day actually um because I got them back and at the bottom I can't remember specifically what it said, but basically it said that the second result looked like it wasn't even like a human test. <laughs> and the Why? advice was to do it again. I don't know, like if they'd switch, because there's like three, there's like three, um, you know, tests. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they'd like switched the vials by accident. Like they told me that the result was like, they couldn't read the result. I was neither here nor there. So they wanted me to do it again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like already like, so um, I would say angry that I was being made to do it. Um, and then when they off, they told me it's not offered when they told me I, um, the obstetrician who I, that's another thing. Like I didn't know that sitting above would be like this mystery obstetrician, yeah, like because when they have, when midwives have hospital rights, yeah. they need to case conference everything yeah. mm -hmm. with the obstetrician yeah. that they actually work at the hospital. So yeah. it's kind of, yes, you have a private midwife, but not really. 
yeah have an obsession with actually your main character with the midwife talking yes like <laughs> puppets <laughs> yeah know, right? yeah nobody told me these <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah I was so distressed the um the manager person of the um business she I remember she contacted me and I was like in tears and I was like I don't want to do it again like I already did it I already submitted to what you wanted me to do. I'm not doing it again. And then they um, let me uh, finger prick. But I was like, um, I'd switched jobs by then. So then I was um, in mental health and I was working um, in a hospital. And you were in shift. I was like, yeah. And I was like busy. I was on shift work. (laughs) Shift work is even worse. It's like, no. (laughs) Like, so like, it was just there was oh I hate it so much so so much um anyway from the from the finger pricks I was fine and I was like I I told you that like I told you I'd be fine anyway um that was yeah only like the real hiccup problem After. issue that I had yeah. um yeah, I did the scans like um, normal, but I I must have declined one at the end or, yeah, I can't remember because um, when I when I had him, he was 4.55 kilos. <laughs> and so the whole, there was this whole conversation about like, oh, did we know that he was going to be that big? And I was like, I don't know. I just had a baby. I don't care. <laughs> big or small. Um. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I was forty one plus five. Um, wow! I think I started labor on the evening of forty one plus four. Before then, I had no signs of labor. It COVID had started. It was very oh, stressful. <laughs> um, they were gonna like, yeah, I had I was in um like a meeting about like a publicly funded home birth program that's starting in Victoria soon this morning and um same same like going back to the whole private midwife um thing is that like they'll kick you out because you can get in but you have to yeah yeah 2023 2024 I feel like it's very hard for a woman to actually meet all these requirements and the way it's done especially the public funded uh, because like I know a lot of all these things, but if it's done in a way that they can kick you out even at 38. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just women be careful what yes. you decide to put yes. yourself in too. Because even if everything can be right until even 38 plus six, <laughs> they yeah. can kick you out at 39 weeks and be like, yeah. no, you're not eligible anymore. You get a um birth at the yeah. hospital. Yeah. yeah. And so um it was like uh 42 so if I hadn't given on before or whatever oh, 42 yeah, weeks, because they were still with it they like, couldn't add the right with the hospital that's yeah. why you had a, a timeline yeah yeah a timeline and so that was like so stressful because mm. I think that's really detrimental to women's mental health that's you're mind fucking with women when you do that because there is nothing you can freaking do. Like when you told oh your God. story, like you, you know, you had the Clary Sage and stuff, but like nothing. Like I tried, um, you know, dates and 
walking and whatever else, acupuncture. Um, but I was so stressed. Like nothing can combat that exactly. stress. Exactly. Like that stress was like, uh-uh, I'm not getting out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, I I thought that maybe I'd be um like pregnant forever. I thought maybe I'll be the first woman in history that's pregnant forever. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, so labor started on 41 plus um, four. I'd said like, you can have your induction talk. I'm not doing it. Forget about it. Um, oh, so did he talk to you about induction already? Were they talking to you about induction or? Um, I think like maybe at 41, they had to like tick box to say that oh, they'd yeah. like mm-hmm. talked about it with me um I did like accept uh an attempt at a stretch and sweep like a couple of days before mm-hmm. um but like she said that my cervix was too close like she couldn't do anything so anyway <laughs> um and yeah it's just start like labor started with like a bit of back pain I was in denial for a really long time so I was like I'm meant to be like pregnant forever like what's happening um and that just like ramped up you know over um a few hours at like midnight I let myself use the tens machine um and then I like labored through the night I called the midwife at like three or maybe my husband probably did of course this is back in 2020 so um yeah like sitting on the toilet like probably pooing and vomiting at the same time I was like help me what is happening um and yeah I guess like the midwife turned like my primary primary midwife turned up like around 6 a.m or so um and I guess like something that really stands out to me about like the the whole experience is that it was like pretty um non-eventful for the for the lead up to the actual like physical birth part you know I felt like I was fine like I was in the pool labor slowed down a little bit which is like a common story you hear um I ended up like in summary I was like pushing for like two hours. I was so exhausted. So you felt the urge to push at one point, right? Yeah, I I I guess so. I mean, um, especially like recently with uh, my second home birth, Frankie, in June. Um, like now that you know I have my podcast, so I'm listening to all of these birth stories and they're like, I had the urge to push. And with Frankie's birth, I remember saying, I really, I feel like I'm holding on to all of this stress and I feel like yeah. I'm holding on to the push. I feel yeah. like I have to let the push go. Yes. Um, and so I suspect like something similar happened with Yeah, Murphy. you were holding on it because that's happening yeah. a lot with first time mothers when they have some unresolved, you know, yeah. kind of stress there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And look. I've tried to process this so many times, but so if Murphy in 20, my 2020 baby, um, he was 4.55 kilos. I don't like, it could be a combination of factors. I feel like when the second midwife came, something shifted. Um, and I really love like, uh, you know, what you've been posting about, like, I'm not going to sabotage your birth, 
because I feel like <laughs> the energy must have shifted in yeah. the room. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think like I was consciously aware of it maybe, um, but, um, you know, I heard like the word ambulance thrown and like, I'm in student midwife brain as well. I'm like thinking, well, why is this like, what's happening? Yeah. Why is this not happening the way that I anticipated it to happen you know I'm pushing 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 there's yeah. no baby I'm so exhausted my legs like I'm doing a thousand squats like I'm sitting on a mop bucket yeah because um, we didn't have like you know one of the stools um, yeah yeah toilet like a zillion positions <laughs> um and I guess then eventually um like his head must have come out I guess and it's been called a variety of things, whether because this is the problem with label with a label is like one shoulder dystocia is on that form, you're screwed. You are screwed. Either you're shoulder so dystocia or either hemorrhage. Yeah. You are so done. So done. Mm. Um, so I don't know if it was, you know, my midwife trying to protect me. I tend to think so because it was called like a fatty dystocia, a body dystocia. There was never really a mention of a shoulder dystocia. Um, so it was come some kind of dystocia, I <laughs> suppose. Um, and the, whatever um, the primary midwife did to get Murphy out was the most painful thing I have ever experienced yeah so um, the head come out and I guess yeah it was somehow it was kind of stuck or something I I suppose so I suppose yeah. so um yeah like looking looking back on the on the video you know I was like videoing like you I love to video everything <laughs> I was like the GoPro and like the proper camera and like all of You'll the love things. to show me if you feel like yeah. one day <laughs> Um, and yeah, looking back at the video, like, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, so Murphy was born. Let me finish the story. Murphy was born. He wasn't breathing initially, like so many babies, right? Um, and because I have it on video, I can count the seconds. I'm not too sure. I think maybe like, maybe at 20 seconds or something, it was the Murphy wasn't breathing right or 15 20 seconds I don't know so the second midwife clamps the cord right doesn't cut it clamps it goes to get the oxygen comes back puts the thing on his face starts breathing the cord's clamped you can't go back from that like it's clamped it's it's stopped. It. You have just uh, taken off like a lot of blood that is supposed to go to your baby. And if you're gonna, for if the you're next gonna, days, <laughs> if you're gonna resus a baby, what it just—it's never made sense to me. I've always had an issue with it. Um, just so, but so frustrating. Point, you knew, you're like, what are you doing? Or yeah looking back you actually looking looking back looking back and it's probably taken me um 
you know, like a good two, two and a half years to process all yeah. of that, that actually yeah. what, what happened wasn't right. No. I think initially I felt sorry for the midwives and I was like, I can see that, um, you know, the vicarious trauma that midwives experience, you know, being exposed to all of the shit that um, happens in hospital, it makes yeah. you hyper aware. It makes you like jump on things because you're so used to having to do that in the hospital system. But like in, again, yeah, hot, like it's just, yeah, now I don't feel angry towards the midwives. I I think I probably still do feel sad that, that's how they responded sad for Murphy I mean Murphy's a very healthy three and a half year old it's fine um but I just you know from that experience and then because I had been pushing for two hours they told me I should have the syntocinin shot for the placenta yeah so I had that and I think I carried with me then like well I didn't finish it like I Uh... I didn't I didn't have this full experience. I that full that full experience of that natural birth yeah. where it kind of continue with the placenta and yeah. that, with that few hours yeah. I guess after yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Um so you know, looking back, I felt very grateful that I had my home birth. I think um looking back on like a post that I posted, I probably still had this um this idea that like the midwives were like my my saviors saviors like they saved my baby if it wasn't for these midwives xyz you know um and in some situations sure but like when you create the problem and then you fix like that's not you've not saved somebody like you're just like it's just that's you know um so like when I when we would for a long time we never thought we were going to have another baby yeah um then we went overseas last year and things changed and we decided actually yes um we would like to have a sibling for Murphy you know yeah um happened very easy I'm very grateful for that um we were in the Netherlands so I was like great free home birth this is what's been sold to me, you know, like the Netherlands is the country of. Yeah. He's the country, know. isn't it? It is yeah. the country. <laughs> um, and I think in some ways the Netherlands is a country, but there are cons still, you know, like everything, there's still cons. Mm. Um, Something that isn't presented in all this amazing research that's done on birthing in the Netherlands mm-hmm. is that you might not be paying for home birth, but you do have to pay for private health. Like it's, it's being paid for oh, somehow, yeah, I gotcha, you know, I gotcha, yeah. um, and <clears throat> private health is like a significant um, cost in the Netherlands. Um, you know, I was just like amazing, found a midwife, kind of similar set up like it. So you were living went- in the Netherlands, not in Australia. Yeah. When I first was pregnant with Frankie, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I was very sick, couldn't get out of bed. I don't know if I was, like, more sick. I I was, like, horizontal for weeks, mm. weeks. So many 
our versions um not so many cravings just the smell of so many things was like eh. um and yeah I so I saw a midwife it was kind of like a similar setup I'm not sure how you know admit like any potential mid- admitting rights worked um the Netherlands does have a high rate of home birth you know but like I hadn't actually met any women that had home birth so it's still relatively low um the scans were paid for whatever I chose to have you know the 20 week scan or something um I think I had two scans and one was also at 20 weeks um they just do things a bit differently like they have different vaccines so then they were like oh my god why aren't you vaccinated against this and I was like because I'm not from here (laughs) it's just different it's not like every country in the world offers the same things um you know, at this 20-week scan, they were nice, but they were like, oh, your placenta is low-lying. And I was like, I've heard that before, whatever. <laughs> It'll move. Like, you don't measure, like, it's still got another 20 weeks to move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I have such frustration about that. Um, and, yeah, we decided to come back to Australia. I actually wasn't you know, because home birth in the Netherlands is um, more accessible, I guess it's less, I was going to say frowned upon, but like in Australia, I feel like when you achieve your, like to have the experience of birthing at home, you feel like, wow, I I was like, fuck the system. <laughs> um you know and you feel like power for that I feel you know at least I I have um whereas in the Netherlands it kind of just felt like you're not special (laughs) I feel like there's not like the type of community you know um and part of what I like about um home birth and free birth is the community that is in Australia. I, I feel that there is a really good community. Um, so when we decided to come back to Australia, I actually was okay with that in the context of me being pregnant. I um, decided to go with a different um, practice um, and we did like a Zoom consult like when I was still there and um, they were here obviously. Um And I knew like I would be busy at work and I guess I felt as many second time mums that I just felt like I have this. I don't really need to come to an appointment every X amount of weeks. What would you want to talk to me about? I don't don't have anything to say. Um, Like you can check my blood pressure, but like... (laughs) How many weeks were you when you actually went back to, came back to Australia? Like 21. So I oh, had okay. like the 20 week scan yeah, um, in the Netherlands. Like, nah, fuck this. Fuck this, <laughs> yeah. Come back. Um, and 
yeah it was really nice like the first appointment we brought Murphy and then Murphy was like feeling my tummy and like you know listening to the heartbeat and everything that was really special but um I honestly felt and I don't mean this as disrespect but I felt like it was a waste of my time going to these appointments you know um and you don't know what you don't know sure but like I guess I just had, you know, by that time I had been listening to, um, you know, the midwives culture and I don't think existed in 2020 and the great birth rebellion didn't exist. In no, no. The great birth rebellion is like new, I think like yeah. months even. Yeah. And yeah. the midwife culture and I felt like 2021. Yeah. I definitely wasn't, I did. Yeah. I would have known about it, but um. Yeah, but I guess, you know, over the past couple of years, I'd been listening to, especially the Midwife's Cauldron, um, reading a lot of things, because, like, I am still interested in birth, you know, it's still my interest. Um, And so, yeah, by the time, like, I got back to Australia and, like, they were, you know, saying, okay, like, when should we book the next appointment? I'm like, no, I'm busy that week. No, busy that week. And then suddenly (laughs) I've just, like, thrown out the whole schedule. (laughs) yeah um uh yeah so I because I had given birth to Murphy at 41 plus five I expected that number one my baby would be big big and number two I would um go over you know that I expected that um so I worked up until 38 weeks when we came back we had like no money zero money um we asked like a family member if they would lend us some money for the the midwife um they declined so we're like we are screwed like how are we gonna do that um and I guess I also hadn't really learned a lot about free birth you know because now looking back I'm like well I could have also just had a free birth you know if my problem was also the the appointments I could have had this wild pregnancy I could have done all these things you know but I just I knew so much but I also knew so little yeah um and yes yeah, so I finished work at 38 weeks um I was just exhausted like your belly so you waking until 38 weeks with a toddler I mean what, what were you expecting <laughs> I was like doing overtime up until like 36 and a half weeks. Um, and I work in, now I work in youth mental health. My um, my primary job is um, in youth custody. So with kids like in prison. So it's like, the kids were like starting to feel sorry for me, I think. Oh because you have God. to wear like this belt uh, in custody with like, you know, a dress and like things on it um and like it didn't fit and I couldn't sit down and I think they were just like oh my gosh like what if she gives birth (laughs) you know mostly like you know 15 16 year old boys so like I have no idea um yeah so I finished work like yeah it's not like a holiday when you've got a toddler running about it's you know you got to do stuff luckily he like goes to daycare a few days a week so that was a nice reprieve but yeah I just 
I guess I was excited, you know, this is, it was a baby that I didn't actually think I was going to be having. And I was just really excited. Um, we did know that it was going to be another little boy. Um, and yeah, again, nothing, absolutely nothing. Didn't feel anything. Um, but I, I expected it. Then on at 4 a.m. on my estimated due date, guest date, whatever, at 4 a.m., uh, I went to the toilet. I went back to bed with all my pillows, you know, stacked around me, like trying to get comfy. And I swear I heard a pop and my waters broke. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and... I've heard like a variety of theories on like, you know, why waters break and you don't go into labor, but I don't know. Like they just broke. I was, um, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, like maybe I'm going to be one of the 5% of women that like give birth on their estimated date. Like, wow. Like, oh my gosh. Um, and I think, yeah, well, that was 4am and I was like, oh, I'm not going to like bother telling my midwife yet. Like I'll just tell her tomorrow. Um, so, you know, woke up, like I'm still just like trickle. It's not like a gush gush. It's just like enough to be annoying, you know, like had to have like a pad, change the pad all the time. So annoying. Um, and I think like maybe after say like 12 hours or something, um, you know, then my primary midwife was like, oh, you know, if you haven't gone into labor by 72 hours, then we will have to recommend that you go into hospital to be checked. And I was like, I'm not going there. <laughs> and the hospital that I live next <laughs> next to, I'm definitely not going to that one. <laughs> if you're taking me to hospital, you'll have to take me somewhere else because I'm not going there. Um and so that was really stressful because then I was like, well, I did not prepare myself to defend my reasonings against medical advice to not abide by this thing. Um, so, you know, I was like online researching when did women give it go into labor after their waters broke. I had no other signs, absolutely nothing, just this trickle, trickle 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 um you know there was this whole discussion about like um is it just um what's that called I like a discharge is it just discharge and I was like I think I'd know <laughs> if this was discharge <laughs> if this is discharge we've got a problem <laughs> it should not be happening uh, I was like I knew, I knew it was my water it was like there was to me there was no other way but there was like this whole you know thing about like oh should you check and I was like oh I'm not going to go like and pay $60 for you to confirm that it's my membranes hind or four when did you have to pay? um I don't know that that's I don't know um like the the business that I like again with the private midwife they're all different uh, I don't know like if you're listening to this podcast emphasis on they're all different um and you like kind of did like pay as you go kind of thing 
Oh, so it wasn't like a package. Yeah, so I suspect gotcha, that that's, gotcha. that's why. That's why, yeah. Um, yeah I got gotcha, I got gotcha. But I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, and then, so that was like 4 a.m. on Monday night. And then on Tuesday at like 8 p.m., um, the midwife and my student midwife, who was amazing, she'd also had a home birth before. Um, they came to the house and like just checked my blood pressure. It was actually a different midwife. So I had also been like stressed because um, there was a possibility that my primary midwife, because they have like a, however they're set up, it was like going to be her day off or something, you know, um, and the second midwife they were like going through changes or something so like it was a pool of seconds and you didn't really know who would be there so I was like there's a great possibility that I don't know either of the midwives coming to this wow that is extremely stressful it was so stressful yeah (laughs) and I and I started to feel like I was making it up in my own head I was like am I that has a problem with this is this weird that the most one of the most personal moments of my life I don't know who's gonna be there like isn't that weird <laughs> like why is nobody you know anyway um so I did one of the other primary midwives she came that night um and they did my blood pressure and whatnot whatever no signs of labor um I was like okay bye and so that was I think they left at like nine and then probably went to bed or whatever and then like at midnight I woke up and I was like it's happening <laughs> I I just like felt you know I don't know like you know in those past few hours if maybe I'd been having contractions that like I could sleep through mm-hmm but I was like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm going to take myself downstairs. So I took myself downstairs um, and set up like a little bed on the floor for myself. And I was like, okay, early labor, first rule, relax. <laughs> um, and so I was trying to lay down, but I, honestly, I was so bored because like now I've got all this adrenaline. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> um and yeah I guess I spent like the whole night I didn't like worry about um Murphy or Kun like you guys rest I don't need you right now uh, I was just so bored so so bored like wait like a whole night bored 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 and then I guess you know at some point it must have like gotten right where I'm having to like breathe like like concentrate um and like there's like um this video of me where Kun's grabbed the GoPro and like sending Murphy off to, um like with a friend. Um and like I'm in the background and so this was in June, so it was like pretty cold. Um and I have like a hoodie on, like 
two jackets on I have the hoods like fully over my face like completely covering I'm like leaning on the back of a chair got my trackies on like you can't the only part of my body that you can see is probably like my hands and my feet (laughs) or maybe not even my feet I probably have Ugg boots on um I was so so cold and the light because you know I I thought I would give birth at night time like I was like it's the morning now what what's happening um and like for Murphy's birth you know I gave birth early like like quarter to um 11 in the morning so like I had been laboring all night cool 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 two hours of pushing baby but when it started I was like oh no daylight what's gonna slow me down daylight like where's my where's my melatonin you know like yeah how this is I didn't anticipate this you know like we live in a townhouse I can't bring the pool upstairs because it's all carpet yeah I had the pool set up downstairs because I thought it's going to be dark and this is where I will do it um and so I I spent you know, eventually maybe after Murphy went off with a friend, I spent like the entire day upstairs in our bedroom with the heater on like 28 degrees, um, like in a small room. So like, it's just like pumping 28 degrees, like that whole day. And, uh, our room is quite small because we have a very big bed. So I had, the chair and every contraction I would slam the chair up against the wall (laughs) um and right next to it was the sliding door to the bathroom and there was a window in the bathroom so like if I got too hot I'd like swing it on open and when people have when my student midwife um in particular has like retold this story I'm like wow like I was just like I want to say like an animal I don't know I was just like really like yeah so at this point doing my thing called your midwife a student midwife correct yeah it's like in the in the morning I guess um and I think I remember I spoke to like the the on call because there's like a number you call yeah and I think I spoke to them and as I was speaking to them I was like in my head, I was thinking, if I can still have this conversation, I've still got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was, um, yeah, I really, truly felt those contractions. Um, and so I was like, oh, my God, like a whole day of this. Um, you know, but like once you're in it, you're in it. There's no takesy-backsies. There's no, <laughs> you know, if. Like I was fully 1000% committed to this. Yeah. Whether like there's no way you were sending me to hospital. And I guess I had probably still this fear from Murphy's birth that um, what if something happens and they say that I I have to go to the hospital. Yeah. So I feel like from, you know, your story, your fear was to be sabotaged really you know mm. kind of like stay yeah. with you during this yeah as well. yeah 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 I think so um 
And even like the fear that I had about well, what if my labor slows down, my my membranes like are already leaking. And what if like my it doesn't happen in this period of time? Like what then? And it was just like so I was like, I'm having this baby at home. So I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm having this baby at home. But like it was still so stressful for me that yeah, fear that somebody would sabotage me, you know? Um, and so the midwife that I'd only met the night before, because that was my primary midwife's day off, uh, the midwife that I'd met the because night again, before. Again, you went with a group that they yeah. these things because most of us that we actually work privately and independently, we work every day, you know, unless, you know, maybe one of our kids is sick or things like that. We yep. are working pretty much every day. We don't have days off. And that is just the reality. That's just how it works. But if you yep. do work like in a group setting business, then you yep. will have two days off. And on those two days off, your women will get someone else. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So again, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you chose the model. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um and so she came. Like, I don't know, time is a blur, right? Um, I guess, like, she appeared at some point, <laughs> you know. Um, even my student midwife appeared at some point and because our room, like, I had the door shut because it was so hot and um, I'm obviously, like, in labour land and then my student midwife said something and holy shit that scared the crap out of me because I didn't even know that she had like I'm standing right next to the door I didn't even realize that she had come in and was just like you know it was like a very innocent thing to like I don't know offer me something which was fine but I just was like so in my zone that I had no idea. So, like, I I don't know, like, when the first, like, the primary midwife came or the student, but at some point they turned up. Um, I want to say, like, maybe around, like, lunchtime or something. I presume, like, Kun must have been messaging. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at, at some point her and my, like, the primary midwife and my husband had, were downstairs like filling out the pool and stuff and I connected really really well with my student midwife so that was perfect for me that my student midwife you know she's had a home birth before she knows don't interrupt you know we've had so we've developed such a uh, rapport like we're on the same you know page like she says to me now like um, you know, in those last few days, I really thought you were going to have a free birth. You were so upset with everyone. <laughs> um, and I just, I value that so much. Um, and so that was perfect that she was the only one there in the room with me. But, you know, Quinn and the primary, primary midwife were filling out the pool. I went down to the pool. Um, and it was really funny because, like, they tried to, like, keep the environment really, like, hot downstairs still um and 
uh yeah I guess I got into the pool I had like you know organized what bra I'd wear because like the first time I was like completely naked and I had not expected that I would be completely naked so in all of the videos all of the photos I'm like completely naked which is fine but I like you I want to share these things and I just didn't feel comfortable sharing that so I was like well this time I'm going to make sure I have an outfit for labor um so, you know, I had my bra on, I was in the pool. I had henna, I had henna all over my belly and on my hands. Um, and, yeah, I don't know how long I spent in the pool. Um, at, at some point, like I said, you know, I felt like I was holding on to, like, I was held, yeah. holding on to the push. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd said no VEs at all, don't don't touch me you know in my list of things um because yeah not knowing the second midwife I was like well I've got to like solidify this list because if this person rocks up and they don't know what I want you know so it was basically like don't touch me don't make noise if you really have to do a Doppler you can ask me but I might say no um just leave me alone. That's basically it sounds my like list. you will have had a beautiful free birth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, so I guess like I started to think like this is taking longer than I thought, you know. For I being mean, a second baby, for, for being, being a second pool, baby, for being in the pool, in the, for being yeah. like in the comfort of yeah, thing you could literally want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um and so I got out I had so with Murphy's birth I'd been using a mop bucket to squat on and this time my student midwife had seen um in like the clinic thing um a birth stool and uh essentially the story of this birth stool is that it's a very old birth stool and had actually become more of like a just something to look at like nobody was actually using it and like they were like, oh, he tries. Just yeah, there. it's just there. <laughs> um, and uh, my student midwife was the one that had seen it, and um, I asked, and they're like, oh, like women don't usually use it. Like we usually use the toilet, and I was like, yeah, but the toilet is not deep enough for me. Um, you know, I'm a relatively tall person, so like I don't know if that's what it is, but like I've tried the toilet. I never was a toilet squatter, you know. Um hence the mop bucket um and yeah so I spent some time on the um the birth stool and you know with the mirror and um so in the pool in the pool with the birth stool yeah no out out, out, out of, of the pool, pool. so yeah, yeah. Out of so the I was pool trying to point. get some yeah. trying to get some gravity I guess on my yeah. side so you you had the urge to push but you just were trying to find your I position. Guess, yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it is, yeah. Like for me, it's called labor for a reason. You know, it was it was hard labor. <laughs> I, I feel like there was so it. much direction sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, when I say I feel like especially nowadays, we give so much direction to the women that we end up causing like more damage because then yeah. that's that might not be. Yeah. your way of pushing or your yeah. position to push you know yeah. yeah 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 absolutely um and yeah I I 
I guess I was pushing on the birth stool and in my head I was like what is like what is happening and um nobody even saw me do it but I did my own VE and I felt baby's head um (laughs) and that was just I guess I was lacking self-belief that's the thing that was you know I just I needed to believe that my body was doing it it was taking time but my body was doing it you know um and that feeling like like his hair I was like oh my god that is that's his head like right there and um you know then I I said I can feel his hair I felt his head and they're like what did you feel and I was like yeah I felt um it's my vagina exactly Um, right (laughs) yeah uh and that was like the 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 renewal renewal of energy that I needed you know I was like this is he's almost here he's so close um and I think at that point I got in the pool um and I think on my notes it says I was pushing for like 20 minutes I don't I don't know how long I was pushing for um but you know I also was like so in my head about the fucking ring of fire I was like when is it happening when is it happening wait when is it happening yeah um and you know I've got like uh is it Rhea Dempsey or who Sarah or somebody like I had like written on my wall like it's just uh stretch receptors it's just stretch receptors but like I was just I feel like there was just somebody in my head being like, when is it happening? When is it happening? And when is it happening? Um, and then, uh, I don't know, I guess I've got through that. His head was born. Like I was like leaning over the edge of the pool and his head was born and that felt amazing. I was like, Oh my God, that's so good. Um, and I also guess I was just also really excited that I was going to be having a water birth, you know, because with Murphy, I ended up ironically on my back, um, on my kitchen floor. Oh, <laughs> that's I how I gave, part. yeah, that's how I gave birth to Murphy. Oh, um, and I was, I had a, I had a birth. It's ironic, you know. You try and get out of the hospital to not birth on your back, and where was I on my back? Anyway, um, you know, I was never really like connected to the water birth thing. You know, I had learned that like it was a tool. Some people feel really like strongly about like giving. They want a water birth. They want to give birth in the water. But I was just like, wherever I end up, I'm happy with that. Um. But, you know, the fact that I was going to be having a water bath, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Um, And so when his head came out, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm so close to meeting my baby. And then I felt him like, uh, re- it's, it's called restitute, right? Like turn. And I was like, what the yeah. hell is that? That is the weirdest feeling ever. I said to my midwife, and I have this on video, which is pretty cool. I said to my midwife, are you touching 
him or me and you can see in the video she's not touching um and she was like reassuring me like no I'm not I'm not that's not me um and that was like the weirdest but coolest thing I've ever felt like it was just like and when you think about labor and birth you know in a more like step-by-step thing like baby does this and baby does that like man birth is cool like and they're clever your body is so clever like the head is gone and then they're like like that is so cool I don't know (laughs) like um and then yeah like I pushed and then he was out like that because of the position I was in like um the midwife I guess had to push him like under like between my legs so I could get him um but yeah in the video I love watching the video because I just say I'm just saying like I did it I did it I did it um and yeah it was like the best experience of my entire life like nothing will ever top that like nothing could ever top that you know like I just felt like I felt so many like endorphins you know I felt high like I just felt like oh my god um and because you know I think like maybe after a minute or two somebody must have said oh like we still got to do the placenta and so it was like a gentle reminder like don't get caught up in this highness you know you still got to birth the placenta but you know everybody was quiet the the room was dark um it was like quarter to quarter to eight quarter to eight at night so like I've been like gone for a while um, yeah so about uh was it a day and a half from when you broke your water is that correct um so 4 a.m mondays when my waters broke and then on wednesday evening so two days and a half two and a half days or so yeah mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah owing to like you know protecting my space um the physiology that I'd like allowed to happen you know the placenta came out like after five minutes I was not expecting that I was in my head I was like I'm happy to wait for an hour blah 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 but your body's really clever it no and this time you didn't have any injection isn't it no no (laughs) so um what like how I've explained it is like it was a very healing experience my body did the entire thing without anyone or anything you know like nobody yeah like I just I did it yeah Um, just happened yeah and the you know the four months of postpartum like I guess I was just riding that high you know that because I'm back at work now but you know that four months of off work kind of thing was probably like the four best months of my life and I don't think you actually find many women saying that about postpartum you know um breastfeeding was like really easy um like people like brought food and like I guess I have a bit more of a community now as well um 
Yeah, the only regret I have is that when we eventually did um, cut the cord, so I think the cord was like we kept it um, attached for like an hour or something, um, I wish that I had one of those crochet cord ties. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I because had them, I, but then I didn't use them. So Yeah, because I see them now and I'm like, oh so beautiful but, um yeah and so uh when they were like weighing Frankie um they were like oh that's a big baby and I was like oh like can't be bigger than Murphy so Murphy was 4.55 yeah Frankie was 4.61 wow <laughs> yeah wow yeah and, yeah, and I know is that you know it's just your body that's just yeah. your, your size yeah yeah I just make big babies so yeah. there's nothing wrong with that no um yeah yeah I just that was like such an amazing experience um for me and I guess that's um what really has pushed me to advocate for home birth and free birth like to, for more women to know that it's an option you know that I don't you know, people say that like their wedding was the best day of their life or like, I don't know, maybe they say that like their child being born, but not actually the birth or something. Like I can't imagine like a very intervention heavy birth would be the best experience of your life. I can't imagine that. Maybe it is for some, but that whole experience was so powerful like I just want people to know that you can have this experience and um yeah 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 absolutely that is so cool to hear your story and especially two I feel like there were two very different home stories uh but at the same time and that's like a lot of time happens you know that uh, your second baby is healing you know whatever happened with the first baby and that's where you're kind of reborn you know I always mm. see birth like a, a reborn for the mother and then whatever happens after it's all because of whatever has happened during your birth yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah that was so cool <laughs> yeah. yeah do you want to add anything regarding your home births um I don't think so. I just, yeah, I just wish that more people knew about it. I think I feel like a sense of, um, like judgment. And I, I do still feel like people, like when I say that I've had home births, whether they don't say it or they do or whatever, like, I feel like there is like still a sense of like, oh, you're lucky, um, that's very unsafe and I just I strongly strongly disagree you know I think if you're going to hospital you're lucky I agree <laughs> have you seen the stats <laughs> have you read the, the yeah. research yeah if you make your way out of hospital together alive you're lucky um and I think that just doesn't exist um in Australia you know like that birth culture but yeah yeah 
thank you so much for uh, we listening. are we are getting there we yes. are getting there i would say chipping um, away <laughs> really chip. slowly but we are getting mm. there i think like more women are asking questions and i think it's just a matter of giving them though the full story and the full information because i still feel like even in the private sector there is still a little bit of missing point and holes you know yeah um, and it's like you know there's a lot of hiccups actually that the women have to go through and you know like even with you like I, I feel like, you know, like even your gestational diabetes, like you were very lucky because the problem is uh, if you were positive, you were going to go into the high risk clinic, you know, yeah. you were going to be offered induction at 38 weeks, uh, even if you had a private midwife, you know, yeah. so uh, like that's a, that's a big hiccup that uh, a woman might face, you know, so yeah. I feel like it's important to understand that yes, home birth is available and yes, we are slowly getting into it, but there are a lot of hiccups that, you know, nowadays women have to go through to still get to their natural birth. <laughs> yeah. And especially, um, you know, I did not have gestational diabetes, but because I have big babies, they label you with it anyway. Oh, because they? they because they can't um yeah so my midwife that I um so when there was when I came to like see the the business that I went through this time um when I was explaining you know I had this test and the test was like a non-answer it didn't like tell anything um yeah, she basically was like, if you if you went if you went because there is an MGP program, um, uh, sorry, a publicly funded river group practice program in Melbourne. There's going to be a couple, um, but yeah, she was like, they would see that you have big babies, and they would be like, no, nah. yeah, and no. even and even even with um, uh, the thing that I attended this morning about one of the new publicly funded yeah, exactly. programs you would um, be high risk yeah, so you wouldn't be taken. is it like is it like four kilos the... uh 4.5 should be how 4.5 oh so then both yeah because my, yeah, my by 50 grams yeah by like you know what grams. I mean yeah, yeah. and and that, yeah. they are serious about it that's why I yeah. say like yes we are grateful but at the same time it's like very hard to get into you know because yeah you know lots of different things you know like even for me you know because of my color like they will offer me an induction at yeah the 39 weeks you know so <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean so still I can't get into the program so yeah. um yeah very it's hard. just absolute madness yeah absolute madness yeah and I guess like it's important for women to understand this you know because so then you know your like what are your choices, what is available out there, and then you know depending on what is available out there, then you make your informed decision pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's like part of the reason that I have my podcast is so that we hear like women are hearing like this range of stories, you know. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Um. Like, so it's for, you know, inspiration, empowerment and all of that. But it's also to learn all of the intricacies. Yes. Of and everything, you know. Yes. So um, true. And 
Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I'll leave the name of your podcast and your Instagram so that people can actually reach out to you if they want to. And thank you again. Thank you so, so much, Bibi. Bye. Hey, my friend, thank you so much for listening again. I think we are in for something really special in this podcast. Let's start this new movement. Hey, buckle up. There's a lot of new things and awesome things that you're going to hear from me. And as you know, just do me a favor, please. Just take a screenshot, put it in your stories and tag me. I promise I will definitely reshare you. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.